in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. Uh, we hope everybody out there listening is having a nice day. Yes. As you're listening to this on the treadmill, your commute to work. In the bath. In the bath. With yes, we have the one individual that, for whatever ungodly reason, sends us pictures of him. So now I have to picture a grown man naked listening to me. Yeah. His penis just floats in the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. The hair, his body hair floating in yeah. the water the whole time. Yeah, the night. little bubbles that are attached to all the scrotum hairs. <laughs> Maybe he just got in, popped it on. You know, it's a Bluetooth. Hey, Alexa, play the newest top ten. And he's still... Newest top ten. Yeah. <laughs> he just let out a little fart. Ah, oh, settling in. That's the worst, man. Though it just condenses all that methane or whatever it is down to the tiny bubble, and then mm-hmm. it erupts. Uh, and when it erupts, you're like, "Oh my god!" Um, exactly, I am dying. People work out to us. Wait, doesn't Dan? I think Dan Nye, pretty little Dan Nye, he works out to us. I think could be. Yeah. very well could. The yeah, guy's in shape. He's in fantastic shape. I'm sure, there's more than one. Yeah, people right. have us on in the background when they're fucking putzing around online. Sure, uh, whatever the case is. However, you listen. Yeah. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, it's nice to be here for another week. And you know what? We're looking forward to. Yeah. We're two months out. We are. From our show in London. And it's starting to set in, buying tickets. Yep. You know, lining up hotels, figuring out what we're going to do. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's exciting that we get to go back and we Absolutely. got all these people. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, please do. It's at kingsplace.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, you can pick them up there. They're 30 pounds. The show's at 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7 uh, we're going to do an extra long show, and it's going to be a shitload of fun. And there will be T-shirts, new T-shirts. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of things going on. It'll be interactive. There's going to be an extra long show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, you know, look, we're trying to get to 400 people. That doesn't seem like much. It's only 400 people. We should be easy no. to get here. So please come and uh, if you haven't bought your ticket, you've been hesitating, you're not sure, you're on the fence, blah, 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 get your ticket. Get your tickets now. We want to get a sold. We want to sold out as quickly as possible so that we have a bit, uh, little more of a footprint with them. And show them that we can do it in case we want to go back again next exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. And last week, I think we sold it out with three weeks to go or yep. something like that. So we've Not got sure time. Really. It's five, yeah. six weeks away or five weeks by the time you hear this. Something along those lines. Right. So let's go. Let's uh, pick up those those <laughs> tickets. It was a shitload of fun last year for all involved. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it got to hang out, got to meet all kinds of different people. We did an impromptu little meet and greet. Yeah. And then one after the show, we got eventually kicked out of the venue. It's like, we have to close unless you want to pay overtime for every worker that has to stay here. Right. This is a big place. How many people are we talking about? (laughs) Maybe we just move on. Mosey on down the road. Yeah. To a bar. We stayed for, you know, shook hands, took pictures. Yeah. uh, Hung out. It was a shitload of fun. It was was great, man. Yeah. So so nice to meet. We had people flying from here and from Canada, but then 12, 13 countries across the EU. Yeah. And uh, it was just amazing to meet you know, people from Germany or from Norway or from Italy, uh, just all over the place. Yeah. It was fantastic, you know? It was an absolute blast. It was a lot of fun, and everyone was really great. And it was like when we got out to that bar, it was even better to, like, just 
have one-on-one conversations or one-on-five conversations uh, with people, yeah. ball busts, you know, explore that kind of stuff. And it was great to be in a pub in London and doing that. Like, it's just mind-blowing that we have so many people who are willing to enjoy us from numerous countries. Uh, so maybe we'll get some Ghanaians, uh, Ghana people coming to see us this time. Ghanaians? Is, is, that that is, is it Ghanaese? What is it? Ghanaians? Ghanaians? Maybe Ghanaians. I'm sorry. Ghanaians coming to see us uh, as well. You know, that used to be a, a hub of the top 10 show was Ghana. So, you know. True. We don't know if that was just servers or based there or if there's an actual huge pop. Oh, we have ch- had people check in on Facebook and Twitter yeah. saying, hey, I'm actually a fan from Ghana. Yeah. Which is still. I just, you know, I just visualize someone like putting yeah. on the top 10 show. Well, we got the postcard from the guy in the Moby Desert. Yes. And eventually moved to South Korea, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. And so many people around this country. It's the family in Australia that tunes in. That's right. Yeah. It's always a lot of Gives fun. us grief over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10. I believe it's the Chapman family, if I'm not mistaken. It is the Chapman family, yes. Uh, squeezing yeah. a whole family, getting a you know, boatload of questions in there for Topic yeah. Thunder, which you can uh, enjoy over at uh, patreon.com forward That's slash That's right. You guys got to come over to Patreon. I mean, like, if you're not a patron yet of the Top 10 show, go take a look. All those different tiers that are there available for you, all the different benefits you get from it. And, you know, we're, at, we're active on Patreon. We Always, or Patreon, rather. We're always giving you a new show every week uh, that are just for the patron fans, or the patron fans get to participate. You know, it's a it's another way to be a part of the show. It's a lot of fun to be a part of the show. Uh, and we're exploring new ways to expand the show as well. So, you know, we're always constantly changing, always trying new things, always exploring possibilities. So keep an eye out for that as well as it uh, goes along. True. Yeah. Uh, expanding. We're changing up, uh, adding a new thing in, uh, at the, the, I think, Laser Nipples level. Yes, yes. Laser You're getting a different uh, show option over there. Yes. And yeah. uh, trying to give back as much as you guys give to us. We do what we can. <laughs> and we thank you. But uh, yeah. London, let's make that happen. Kingsplace.co.uk. Well, I, I, you know, we can't wait to shake all your hands again and see your faces. Yeah. Uh, enjoying the show, laughing out there, interacting. Get your uh, dolls. Get your dolls. <laughs> make sure mine has gray hair all over it. And if you want, put me in a bathtub with little bubbles around my gray hot hair uh, scrote. <laughs> I guess that's the way to go about it. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing to, to knit, but all right, I'm down. I well, respect it. You know, let's see some fucking craftsmanship yeah, here. It's true. You got to go next level. We went next level with the show, going to 400 seat theater. Why not take Do it you next have level any gray down there yet? Uh, where? Uh, scrotal oh, area? Um, yes, but I usually shave. So I don't like to keep it low too long down there. So. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. Uh, so am I. A girlfriend years ago was like, "You got to do, you got to manscape," and I had no idea what that was all about. By the way, this is not a promotion for manscaped or anything like that. Oh, fuck that! It well, is it, okay. Fine, it, it is. is man. I wish they sponsored us. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, I do that plus baby powder. Oh yeah. Oh nice. The baby powder is good. It's that changed my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the combo of the two. I just I feel more like a human and less like an ape. Yes, true. So it's just it's one of the few extra little things that I do in my life is that baby powder, <laughs> and it is worth it. It is worth it. Uh, thankfully, it works out because occasionally my wife just uses it as dry shampoo. Oh, yikes! Uh, no, no. It, I mean, it works. You're just trying to pull out the oil and whatnot. You put right. a tiny bit in, oh, and frisk it through your saying. hair. Right, right, right. And it just it makes it look less. A lot of, you know, uh, Lindley doesn't use dry shampoo. I don't know what she uses, to be honest with you. Okay. We both have two separate bathrooms. So we have, like she showers in hers, uh, I shower in mine. I'm guaranteeing you she has a dry shampoo in there of some kind. Probably, probably. Either I'll take your powder or spray form. Yeah. One of the two. We're very big on, like, independence. Sure. Like, whatever she's doing in her bathroom, I don't go 
look at anything she does, and she doesn't come into the bathroom to do anything. So I think it's a it's a good system that works for us. And she and and you know I, it's so funny to me because she thought, well, we'll share the main bathroom, and then we'll have that as a guest bathroom. But the second I gave her the bathroom, I said, Didn't you, you just take the the main bathroom. She has stocked it full of stuff in every mm-hmm. cabin, every shelf. So in my mind, I was like, where did you think I was going to exist in this situation when you so quickly stocked it with stuff? Well, who knows if she would have gone wholesale like she did. <laughs> That's a good point. It's There's you know, so much. It's about an 80-20 split in our house, which oh, is Oh, is it really? I oh, only need fair. 20. Yeah. I got shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, right. Done and done. Yeah, razor. Shampoo. I mean, pardon me, uh, soap, and that's it all in the bathtub area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. done, easy peasy. Yeah. And then the cabinet, I've got one side. Yeah. Uh, we have an up and down, but I don't need that much space. I've right. got sparse shelves galore, and hers are stocked full. So, But she has underneath the sink, she's yeah. got the two full over there, more than enough space. It's amazing how much care uh, women put into their skin and their hair and their... Mm-hmm body and their parents is all the night it's like dudes are like in and out it drives them it drives literally crazy it drives her nuts that i can get ready in like 15 minutes to go anywhere it drives her insane yeah. uh you know yeah you know I, I get the job done when i need to get the job done exactly uh, yeah that's all i'm saying uh it doesn't sound like there's any pipes or we're here at matt's house again i don't hear any pipes are they done no. Oh, they're still working on it. Yeah. Okay. I, in the background, you can see a shadow go through the trees every once in a while. Oh, okay. So I know that they're walking around, but no, they're not. They're not going to be done for months. Oh, wow. Yeah. He just came over and gave us the full outline of what they're doing yesterday. Right, right, like, right. Fucking Christ. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't pull permits to do like he did. Yeah. But the way he was selling it at first, which is fine. It's his property. Do as he chooses. Of course, of course. Yeah, I, you know, I can't fault him for wanting to fix that place up because it was yeah. just run down for 10 years. It just had not been looked after. Right, 15 right. years. Who knows how long. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, there's going to be a decent amount of noise off and on for the next few months. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm about to head to Atlanta for this uh, live Schmodown event. Oh, yeah? And I'm going to be doing stand-up again for the first time in months. Sure. Have you done stand up in Atlanta? Is it a, how what are the crowds like in Atlanta? Atlanta? No, I've never been to. Okay. Tons of friends have. Okay. There's a bunch of good clubs down there. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh where are you guys going? Oh shit. Let me take a look at what Mark Ellis uh, tweeted about cuz I know he's the one that usually does it. Um but he's like trying to he asked me, but I'm coming off the plane at like 5:30 and the sets start at 7:30. So this will be interesting to say the least. Yeah, and Atlanta's traffic I've is driven through Atlanta. Is it nuts? It's brutal. Oof. It's uh, the when I was there. Yikes! It was a, a twenty years ago. Right, 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 right. But it was in essence L.A. gridlock. It was the same. Wow! It took us like four hours to get through a small chunk of. We were just driving to a concert. Right. And it was backed up for uh, I don't know how many miles, just moving a mile an hour. It was ridiculous. He's doing the House of Blues in Vegas. Hmm. Uh, but I don't see, oh, I guess I don't see the one in Atlanta. He just says Atlanta. I'll be down there in Atlanta. I, I he doesn't say, usually there's a, a thing, right, with him? Usually does. Yeah, the, does I'm sure it's, a, he's plugging his website, go to Mark Ellis Live for oh, tickets. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe More I than likely. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to go. That's a good question you asked me. Because I'd get off the plane and be like, well, where the hell am I supposed to go? Who else is on the show? Um, he said there's some surprises. And then other people from the showdown. But yeah, he's not he's not pitching. He's not on his. Usually he does a little flyer thing. It's not on. Oh, fascinating. All right. Well, maybe it's already sold out. And there's no need to promote. It's just done. Maybe. That's uh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense with 
us going down there with the Schmodown. So anyway, I'll be down there doing stand-up, and I didn't know what – you know, what? I, 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 this is the worst. I don't feel uh, anywhere near as prepared as I felt in other times, so I'm just kind of – Going to figure it out on the okay. plane. I would imagine going into whatever, what is it, two other times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you didn't feel prepared for those other Yeah, true. I didn't. I, so. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, those other times I felt like, oh, I'll figure it out. This time around, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to talk about. So I don't know. Maybe it occurred to me tonight or something. Okay. Well, I remember the discussions leading up to that. In no, in no sense did you have an air of confidence of, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I like that you're lying to yourself, but All it's right. the exact Fair same. Fair point, Matt. Fair you know, point. The sky is falling. <laughs> The exact same rate it was before. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> and you'll be able, it'll be fine. I hope so. It's a room full of people that already know you, so you're right. fine. Yeah, but I want to aspire to do better than that. You know what I'm of saying? Of course you do. Like, I want to be, like, oh. them legitimately laughing because of something I actually said. Yes, but you funny. You've only done it twice. Yeah, uh, four times now. Okay, yeah, four yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah, one hand. Four yeah, times, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it's, right. Yeah. You're, you're right. asking, uh, you know, to climb Everest... True. And you had trouble getting up my stairs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got to yeah. put in the hours, build I, up the cardio. You're so right. I got t- <laughs> terrible expectations of myself you do. when it's I do fine. anything. They're, you're going to have fun. They're yeah. going to love you. And it's going to be a great night. And you'll have a couple beers or whatever. Hang out. I hope so. It'll be a shitload of and fun. And I'm, I'm not competing, which makes it all the more relaxing. Like, I, I can drink... Till whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh, you're just are you just going for shits and giggles? Well, no, I'm going to because I'm going to be managing Dan against Ben for okay. the title. So I'll be on the stage in a way competing as a manager, but I won't be competing uh, as a player. So that'll be fun, you know. Ah, uh, you know the true heart of competition <laughs> as the manager. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do that if I were you. <laughs> It's just, it's it's fine. It's yeah. you know, I'm sure it'll be a blast, and the crowd will be raucous. It and, will, and energy in the room will be electric. Sure, uh, but Ben was Ben was uh, upset about it. It was a big stink last week uh, because he thought that me managing Dan over Finstock managing him gave Dan an advantage over him, and his uh, his reasoning was, well, you could challenge a question because you know the answer. If I got the answer right, but it's actually wrong, you could challenge it. Tom wouldn't be able to do that with Ben because Tom doesn't know as much trivia as you do. And I'm just like, this is so these, manager these, can a manager can challenge. Yeah. So this this, but that's the new rule for this year. Only man, you, if you have a challenge, you have to go through your manager to challenge. So you can raise your hand and say, I got a challenge. The manager comes up. You tell the manager what it is. Then the manager relays it to them, and then they announce it to the crowd. Deliberate. Come back, give an answer. So it's all that kind of extra rigmarole that you have to go through now uh, because they're trying to. Because I think, and I, I think I understood Christian's logic in this because Matt, you know, being having been a part of it for a, for a, a little bit, uh, competitors just want to be in his ear all the time about everything. And so this was his way of like limiting it to nine people that are in my ear instead of ninety people that are in my ear about stuff. So, so there still will be ninety. Yes. Well, this certainly. is just convoluting the process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but may- maybe it works. I don't know. Maybe it works. We've only had a Who knows? events, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, uh, <clears throat> Ben's got a legitimate gripe. You think so? Yeah. Okay. 
You're on Ben's side on this. No, I just, the logic of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's correct. If you have, you can have, you know, help. If Dan was like, I want to challenge that, and you walk over to him and be like, actually, he got it right. Yeah. And you just, oh, save my challenge. Right, right. Good point. Like, oh, no, technically, you're thinking of this movie. It's not that. And, oh, yeah, shit. Whereas Finstock's not going to know that answer more than likely. Right. Uh, My logic was, well, Finstock's managed many people who've won championships. So... He'll know what to do. And he's managed Ben for a year now. <laughs> the look on your face. If people could see the look on Nost's face of indignation. Yeah. <laughs> His fucking championship experience of standing off camera. He didn't do anything. It's by luck and happenstance. That's what Roxy says. It's getting, luck and happenstance. It is. It's 100% <laughs> championship pedigree. Okay, he's a Mets fan. He can fuck (laughs) off. (laughs) He's a Mets fan. Yeah. Oh, you guys are just good at joining Madoff scams. That's uh, that's (laughs) all you guys have been good for the past decade. That's very true. What's your feelings on the Astros thing? Are you kind of past it? You kind of done with it? Did you have any thoughts on that? I still think the title twenty seventeen should be taken away. Right? You think it should be vacated? Right? We talked about this already. Not given to anybody else. Right. Right. Just be a black stain on baseball Mm -hmm. of and the Astros. No, and they've already. I saw just. Someone retweeted on Twitter uh, just a small video of a, a batter getting beaned, mm-hmm. and the scroll underneath just said, you know, that's the seventh batter in three games. Yeah. And I think that they can, should continue to do that and just bean the shit out of them. It's a terrible situation. It is. Don't, yeah, don't stop at spring training Cactus League horse shit. Yeah, they won't. Bean these dudes yeah. in high-pressure situations, too. That's why I think the commissioner is being a flat-out idiot. Not just vacating the title and punishing them, because then they become you also it's smart because you rally the fan base around them even more, right? And the players start to be like, Well, I got you know, you can't take something from me, I'm gonna prove it. And so you in a way you kind of turn the tide a little bit so that these players or these pitchers don't feel necessarily the need to beat them because they had this great thing taken away from them. Yeah. So maybe there's not the impetus to hit them. Now I think Manfred is kind of setting these guys up. To get just smacked with well, balls. He's, he's already hole. said that, you know, if you do that, you will be suspended. Right. And as someone pointed out, like, they'll be getting longer suspensions than the people that we know cheated. Exactly. See, it's a whole quagmire because they're making you can't, some horrible decisions. You can't suspend the individual players because now you're penalizing teams that had nothing to do with right, from that other, situation. Right, yeah. right, right. It's so, unfortunate. Yeah, had yeah. you caught this at the end of 2017 before free agency? Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> at that point, you'd be like, anybody that wants to sign him, just know he's going to miss X of postseason. Right. Like this year, maybe two years. I don't know what the case is. Right. You all deserve this, but you can't. So penalize the team. I think just the biggest indignation would you take away 2017. Yep. Nothing else. Maybe some draft picks or something, but take away 2017 because that's the biggest slap in the face. You got to take down the banners. Yeah. That is not a championship you won. Like we'll put it in the record books as such that you guys were just cheaters. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, sports do it all. The NCAA does it. They vacate, they vacate wins all the time. They do, but the NCAA yeah. is a horseshit governing well, body. true, true. But still, they at least have some se- some appearance of uh, punishment in that well, yeah, way. While they're making billions off sure. Absolutely. You know, kids that can't take advantage of a piece of that pie. Yeah, yeah. I went to the uh, – yesterday I went to the L.A. Bowl unveiling over at SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. I got invited by uh, my friend over at Muse, and I covered it. Um, and – one of these guys who was there started grilling the Pac-12 commissioner about athletic payments and all this kind of... I'm like, they're there just to announce 
a bowl game. Yeah, but they're not. He, right. And he said, like, you guys are making all this money, and you're going to make even more money putting in a college football playoff bowl game or mm-hmm. a college bowl game. So when is that money going to come to the players, right? And so there was this back and forth. And I was just watching it happen because I just went in with, like, you know, standard questions, going to cover it, softball stuff. No need to upset the apple cart. Yeah. It's not that kind of situation no. or, or event. But he, this, this guy, Cameron, he went right on in and was just like, boom, boom, boom. And to the Pac-12 commissioner's credit, he answered all of them and got his shots in at the end of each answer. Well, because I was impressed by. I'm sure he does this more than once a week. Oh, yeah, sure. So he's got his responses to whatever the question is because they're all variations of X number of questions. Mm -hmm. So he's rehearsed and he's gone over this with other people before he started saying in public whatever his talking points were. Right. And uh, what's approved to say. Exactly. What legally our lawyers think is the best case that limits our liability. Mm Mm-hmm. Overall, right, it's interesting to watch for sure, and it's Pac-12 versus uh, uh, Mountain West. Uh, they'll be going at each other every year in that bowl. The number five Pac-12 team versus the number one Mountain West team uh, in the Pac-12 in the uh, LA Bowl. So, man, I would ask, how'd you guys get suckered into number five in the Pac <laughs> and one in the Mountain West? I mean, it's Mountain West. What did you do? It's this big, glorious new stadium in Los Angeles yeah. where everybody wants to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you have the Rose Bowl, so Rose Bowl is always going to be the granddad. I would take this one because it's, it's like state-of-the-art, man. Apparently, there's an yeah. Oculus thing to it, too. Uh, like a VR element to it. I think I've only seen one game, actually, at the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I don't watch college football, so then the you know the massive games that are there, right. that doesn't happen. I'm not going to. I'm not right. dealing with all that jazz and then paying and. Right. crazy price for i mean they had a super bowl there if my team was in it hell yeah yeah I, I would definitely go to that i've been to rose bowl three times one of them was florida state okay the national that makes championship sense against clemson yeah right? or I mean, uh whoever a was. national championship yeah. game i would auburn if if i could get tickets that were yeah worth it and i'm not getting you know raked over the coals yeah, yeah. then you do i it. got a friend that lives up there and he's got parking passes if nobody else is using them hey Perfect. park at your place use your pass no problem yeah it's uber over mm-hmm Good way to go. And then just walk right down. I mean, you got to go down the hill, but you walk right down to it. Yeah. It's not that bad. Pasadena's not bad. It's, you can get to anything in Pasadena walking if you wanted to. It's not that big of a city. Yeah, but in a situation like that, like satellite parking is going to get pushed further and oh, further true. and further out. Good so point. walking now turns into, uh, you got to walk for 45 to an hour. Right, right, right. It's like, oh, shit. You're exhausted. Yeah, but... <laughs> Might be able to get out of here earlier. Yeah, uh, true. You get further out, yeah. And the parking by the stadium is going to be a nightmare because why you ever put a massive thing like that in a gully? It's it's picturesque. Yeah. But there's only a few ways in and out. Yeah. And when you got a fun... I've never been there when 100,000 people get in their cars. We were there for the George-Oklahoma uh, game a couple years ago, which was which was huge. Yeah. Um, leaving was a nightmare, dude. I'm sure. It was a nightmare. Hundred thousand people. Doubt. You had to take shuttles, and it was nuts. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get back to what we were going to talk about this week. And as you saw in the titles of uh, uh, this particular episode, it is uh, movie du- uh, duos on a journey. Duos on a journey. Movies. That's what we're doing in honor of onward. The pic- new Pixar movie that's coming out, which I've seen and I enjoyed. Don't want to spoil too much, but I thought it was a really sweet film. Uh, uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are brothers who are trying to bring their dad back to life for one day using a spell in a world that has become modern that used to be full of magic. So that's basically the film. 
Uh, but so we thought well, this would be a new uh, fun topic to do to discuss and yeah. try to put in some new in movies. In the spirit of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, um, you know, something you would guess outright. Right. right. Uh, like Pixar or some sort of animated tie-in, which we'll do those eventually, you know, again. Yeah. But try and mix it up and do something different week in, week out. Absolutely. Uh, so once we set a topic, we go our individual ways, create personal top ten lists, show back up here. I do my bottom three, he does his bottom three. I do my next two, he does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, all right, jumping right in. Ten for me? Yeah. Life of Pi. Oh, great choice. Okay. Uh, I've yet to see that movie. I have not oh, really? seen that movie. You like that movie? You no, recommend that for, movie? For this list... We've okay. never talked about it. Yeah, true. It's a good movie. Yeah. I'm, um, it's beautiful. to like The cinematography is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is utterly captivating. I think it was all shot in front of a green screen. Oh, so wow. they could just paint whatever they wanted to in the background. Right. And it's a kid. Uh, him and his family are moving, I think, from India to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, their ship gets, goes down. And he gets stuck. He tries to go back for them. And he gets thrown onto a life raft or okay. lifeboat. And then that... That joined him because they owned a zoo in their home, and they were uh, trying to get rid of the animals, so someone with them. And they, right. he's got a few animals with him, but primarily a tiger. That's who the journey ultimately is, just with the two of them. Oh, wow. And, you know, at the end, you realize how they wrap it up. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's it's an interesting. You, you have philosophical questions as it's going on, and the breathtaking visuals mm-hmm. to captivating, unique individual story. Right, right. You're not going to see another movie that's, you know, like this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. You, I mean, if you were in the mood some night to watch something that's, you can tell it's quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I haven't taken it with me. I don't watch it all right, the time. Right. I was just like, you know what? There's a lot of choices for this list, and we've never talked about yeah, Life of Pi. Very much so. Yeah. So let's throw that on the list at ten. I think Ang Lee directed that. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. I, I want to say what was that like? Twenty. 2012, 2013? Yeah, sounds about right. Something along those lines? I think that sounds about right, actually. Life O Pi? Life of Pi. Um, all right, yeah, I mean, I've heard, I heard great things about it. A lot of people speak about it, uh, the visuals, but also, like, the story and what he goes through. 2012, yeah, 2012. Um, and what he experiences and how he comes out the other side. Um, so many interesting actors in this thing as well, uh, Asian actors, Indian actors. What have you? But yeah, Ang Lee did it, and I know it was nominated for. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, I think so. It yeah. Might have won for cinematography, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's wow. beautiful. But anyway, so that's my ten. Yeah. Nine is Thelma and Louise. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, let me see if that's a punt. Hold on, hold please. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's a slight punt, maybe. Okay. To yeah, all right. Um, into the next section. Eight is the end of the tour. Oh, yeah. Tour. I haven't seen this one. The Jason Seagal one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about this one. So it's about... He's playing the writer... It's the three-named writer of the uh, Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. And it's a Rolling Stone reporter that shows up to his place to interview him. And they go... He's going on a book tour around the Midwest. Yeah. So they jump in the car, and it's basically about the four days. So it's a journey in that they do journey outward, but it's a right. journey between the two of them trying to get an understanding of this elusive author right. that everybody feels was a literary genius in his time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's the interaction between the two of them. I think it's some of Siegel's best acting, hands down. Really? Wow. It's really good. Okay. It's captivating. It's just, yeah. I mean, 
the majority of it is just between the two of them right. as this Rolling Stone, you know, author in his own right, but he's written a lesser book or a book that's not as renowned. Yeah. And he sees him and this is like this is a gentleman that he looks up to even though they're roughly the same age. Yeah. But he feels it's a masterwork. I, I believe he didn't want to like it at first, like upon opening it, and just it's undeniable. And he got his girlfriend to read it, and she loved it as well, <laughs> if memory serves. Um, but to him, it was undeniable, this guy's gift. Yeah. And he just shows up, and he's a regular guy, but he has interesting, an interesting perspective of the world and right. can and distill it down to where it gives you... It helps change your perspective mm-hmm. ever so slightly. Or you look at the world through a different lens. Yeah. Uh, at this, you know, specific thing for the first time, you're like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, so as just between the two of them, it's it's really captivating, mm. and it's an interesting peek behind the curtain, and it's all from these, so the Rolling Stone guy showed up, and he taped basically on cassette or yeah. whatever yeah, for yeah. four days straight. Wow. So they're in the car, he's taping, they go out to dinner, he's taping, he stayed at his house Wow. while they were back in, so I think it's... Small town in Illinois or Iowa, mm-hmm. one of the two, but farm country type of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, all right, all right. I'll take a look at that one definitely. Um, all right, my number ten uh, is uh, "Romancing the Stone." Okay, because they go on that journey down, you know, into sure. to try to get the stone. I guess I think of it as the three of them, but that didn't. No, because he's chasing them down. He's yeah. trying to capture them. True, and and get the stone himself. Devito is. So for me, I, I it's the one I just revisited recently. It was just randomly on whatever st- channel, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, this is actually this actually still holds up. This is actually still funny. It's actually fun and adventurous." And Michael Douglas is totally in his eighties prime in this as a you know swaggering uh, mm-hmm. man's man type of dude. And Kathleen Turner is sexy and strong, and she's a writer and she's intelligent. All this stuff, and then of course the funny beats with the the DeVito. Spanish dudes. Oh, the Danny Spanish De- dude. Yeah, the Spanish dude is great. Danny DeVito as well. All down. Joan Wilder. Uh, the stuff with her sister. All of it was great. I think Richard Donner did this one, or was it Zemeckis? Is it Donner or Zemeckis? No I always, idea. I always get them both confused when it comes to this one. I know. Um, I tried to watch it with Catherine like three years ago. Oh yeah. We both turned it off. <laughs> I've seen it. My, it was one of my mom's. You're like I can't VHS do it. tapes. So I've seen it a bunch of times, and I remember liking it as a kid. Right, right, right. So I was like, oh, you've never seen that and her mom enjoyed them so, but she's like oh, i've never seen them i was like let's watch that yeah. it's an easy one i haven't seen it in years and we um, 15 minutes in 20 yeah. minutes in just didn't work for you no i was like man i remember this being a lot more fun and yeah uh but maybe it just it's at 25 it finally breaks and that's when yeah but she was already checked out i was like well <laughs> that sucks yeah, I don't know. It still works for me. Like I said, I just watched it recently, but I totally respect because an '80s film, man. A lot of these things can feel dated when you watch them. Sometimes, yeah. A lot of the interactions, a lot of the the clothing, the looks, the just the whole. Uh, I don't know the whole movie itself. You know what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, it still works for me. I think DeVito's hilarious. I think they're both fantastic, and the sequel's okay. It's not great, um, but there was there was real chemistry between these two, Turner okay. and, and Douglas. Would have been fun to see them more, do more than just this. Uh, well, they obviously. did the follow-up, Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, Jewel of the Nile, which was okay, uh, but it wasn't great. But you were hoping there'd be more between them. I mean, they did that War of the Roses movie, which was, once again, kind of uneven black comedy, but kind of uneven, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw bits and pieces as a kid. It just It's not for a kid. Yeah, no, it really isn't. No. So I didn't. I was like, I don't like this. Not <laughs> like it made me feel weird or something. It was just like, this isn't for me type right. of thing. And I've never yeah. seen it since. Yeah. Like uh, Ordinary People, is that the one oh, yeah. kidnapping? I've never seen that. I just yeah. remember the VHS cover. That one, Best Picture. 
Did it? Yeah. Uh, Ordinary people. There's a couple others where just I remember the VHS. I was yeah. like, that doesn't look like fun. Yeah. Like or, Gandhi for the longest time for you, and then finally you did it. No, Gandhi was off my radar entirely until much older, and then I cared more about history. So then it piques my interest, and I watched it eventually. You did. You did. Uh, all right, my number nine is Up, the uh, Pixar okay. film. Because they go on that journey, you know, the little kid and the guy down to the where they were supposed to go, him and his wife, uh, Carl and his wife. Um, I think her name's Ellie in the film. Um, yeah, but, that sounds right. And uh, the kid, I don't remember the kid's name, but they were... Franklin, maybe? No, I don't think that's right. But uh, they went down, and you know they're going through on that journey, and I just enjoy. I, you know, I know it's not one of your favorites. I love the film. I like the opening. I like the beginning. I like the conversations that these guys have, and then the journey that Carl goes on himself as he confronts all this stuff. And, and yes, Doug comes in, but Doug doesn't come in until they actually get on that spaceship or whatever. That, not spaceship, but that ship, and that's like an hour and an hour into the movie or something like that. So it still okay. to me feels like a duo going on a journey here. Uh, both of them emotionally and physically, right? Because they're trying to go to this place. Carl's trying to process the loss of his wife. The kid's trying to find a father figure. Um, so they're both on this journey to figure this out, but also physically on a journey to this place to so Carl can like kind of just do what Ellie told him to do before she passed. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love the film for that. I still enjoy it. Still watch it every once in a while. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's there fine. you go. It's a number. Nine. I know it's not one of your favorites. Uh, my number eight is uh, Tommy Boy. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Fair enough. All right. What's your number seven? Seven is Rain Man. That's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your six? Six is now the punt from just two seconds ago, Tommy Boy. Oh, okay. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, my favorite of their team-up movies. Oh, bar none, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. By miles. Dude. Black Sheep, I, I don't know if I'll ever see again. Tommy Boy, I will totally watch. Yeah. Fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. And just vacuuming up the moths. <laughs> I've done that with flies before. I'm sure I've told you this story, but whatever, it bears repeating. Yeah. I woke up one day, and there was like 300 flies. Holy shit! In my one-bedroom apartment in San Diego. I lived by the beach. Now, they were doing construction, like doing facade stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a small, like, 11 apartments. It's where you see here where there's an open courtyard in the middle mm-hmm. and, like, whatever, a uh, door to get in, you get into the court ride and, and yard, and it's, you know, four or five apartments on the yeah, downstairs, yeah. four or five apartments or whatever the case is on the upstairs. Right, right. And I woke up one day, and there was just hundreds wow. of flies in wow. my front living room. Uh, and I had a one-bedroom, so I walk out of my, my bedroom because mm-hmm. I, I should sleep with the door shut. And just, what the fuck? So I just grabbed, I've got one of those little portable handheld. Yeah. And just with a, a hose and just thum, and just for hours <laughs> sat out there and sucked up every fly I fucking possibly could. Spraying them out of the air <laughs> with cleaner because then yeah, they'll yeah, go yeah. down and then you can suck them up easier that way. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was just so gross. That sounds brutal. Yeah. I don't know what it is, what happened, what they disturbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- what they unearthed. Yeah. It's not like I had a carcass. Right. And suddenly all the fucking maggots pupated or whatever it is, and they became <laughs> flies. Just woke up, and there were hundreds of flies. I'm like, what the fuck? Did they disturb something outside when they were doing construction? Yeah. And now kick it all in here. It was bananas. Yeah, that happens. Uh, but Tommy, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Tommy is the son of Brian Dennehy, a yeah. successful auto parts uh, manufacturer. Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. And he is set to take over the business. And basically, it's his maturation and understanding of what is being asked of him, and can he carry the mantle of his father? Right, right. You have all these people depending on you, and it's a small town, mm-hmm. somewhere in like Ohio or something. Yeah, Sandusky. Uh, 
Sandusky, Ohio. Mm. Mm, unfortunate name all these years later. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even think about that. In Good Ohio, point. right next to Pennsylvania. Yep. Not yep. far. Yeah. They, had, they could have literally chosen anything. Yeah. Uh, that taints that comedy ever so slightly. <laughs> uh, what, Rob Lowe and yeah. who's the, the woman? Bo Derek? Yes. So I was about to say the sex symbol from the 70s. Yeah, Bo Derek's the mom. Mm-hmm. The stepmom, rather. Um, and then that girl from Doc Hollywood. I always forget her name. Yeah, I know She's you're talking a love about. Interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this is dude. The, their chemistry is so funny, so natural. Um, and he is an absolute buffoon. Um, and he's he like he's he's a buffoon who's got like an attitude about being a buffoon, which makes it difficult at times to like fully like um, appreciate him. But it isn't until later that he finally like when he finally learns what the hell he's why it's so wrong what he's doing yeah. and adjusts, then it's the film really picks up steam and it's a lot of fun. Well, you can't be a dipshit yeah. forever. And right. you've gotten to skate by on your charm and yeah. loving to to be the life of the party and stuff and, like and that. And your last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now you need to grow up. Right. That fucking, he's a maniac. maniac. <laughs> he's just dancing in place as Rob Lowe is spraying him down. That's <laughs> There's a bunch of great small stupid little parts oh in that movie. God. No, the fucking his hairpiece going back after he gets yeah. it in the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the woman too. The old woman. She's, he says like, "That's when the whores come in." Oh my god! One time I visited a prostitute in the war. My life's been a living hell ever since. <laughs> <laughs> There's great jokes all throughout, and Dan Aykroyd's hilarious when he shows up doing yeah. the standard Midwestern guy. That he does, um, but it's a sweet message. Well, he's the rival owner, is yeah, he not? Yeah, he's the one trying to take uh, all the uh, little businesses that Callahan had built up and had relationships with. Yeah, trying to kind of well, eventually get him. Callahan. He wants yeah. a, a hostile takeover of them and exactly. just consolidate his power to where he's one of the few whatever sources for right. this type of stuff. And he's using uh, Bo Derek and Rob Lowe to make it happen. Um, but yeah, through, I just think it's a it's you know, it's a very funny film. Still holds up. Eminently quotable film and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great chemistry between the guys. So much funny. So much fun, rather. Uh, all right, that was your number six? That was my six. All right, my number seven is a pun from earlier, Thelma and Louise. Okay, that's what I figured when you said a slight pun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went back and revisited this film. It, it's, okay. It's actually a damn good film. I, I, I know when I saw it in the 90s or whatever, um, I liked it. And I remember after a workout years ago, back when I used to work out, my sad ass, uh, I watched about an hour of it. And I swore to myself, I was like, you got to come back and revisit it. So for this list, um, I watched it again, uh, and I actually enjoy it. And, you know, and I, I, I didn't think I would enjoy it, but there's some great work from both of these women. And they're playing parts that they don't normally play. You mm-hmm. know, like Gina Davis playing kind of the flighty. That's not usually something she plays. Yeah, but Sarandon's is closer to the mark. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. But Gina playing something like that is kind of interesting. And I hadn't seen her play something like that since maybe Earth Girls Are Easy. Which okay. is a few years uh, in between. So. That ain't a much worse movie. Yes, that ain't a much worse movie. Agreed. But, you know, you got the Brad Pitt stuff. You got the Harvey Keitel stuff, the Tom Sizemore stuff, all of that. And, yeah, I mean, it is. A, it has some strong moments, but I think those are powerful moments. And still a ballsy ending, man. That is a ballsy or a gutsy ending, man. Yeah. Them just going over the cliff. Uh, and it really all transpires because one dude is a little too aggressive. Yep. And she defends herself, and their rationale is no one will believe us because they saw us dancing earlier. Right. And now, in today's day and age, you can still understand there's a delineation. You were having fun. It doesn't necessarily mean, yeah. you know, this other thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you're reading the transcripts of the Weinstein trial, that stuff with Annabella Shiora. They're like, yeah, but you invited him up. And he's like, yeah, but I didn't know he was going to do that. Yes, but you appeared in movies later on. Yes, but I didn't know he was producing them. And so there's all this kind of thing, this mm. back and forth that still goes on nowadays of like, well, if you, why are you even doing anything with this man if he did what he did? And it's like, to me, I, I saw a show recently. It was a British show called Undiscovered or Uncovered, rather. Yeah. And uh, it's a really good show. And at the end, there's this guy in one of the uh, episodes, a guy says... Um, you can't judge me unless you've experienced what I've experienced. And I thought that was an interesting it's true. take on it. So I was like thinking of this thing of this situation. Well, yeah, people outside of abuse who've never experienced abuse or this kind of assault or whatever um, don't know what it's like. Can't really judge what it's like. So to pass judgment on other people who are experiencing and speaking about it, I think is incorrect. Uh, all right. So that was your seven. <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything to add to that. It's a strong sentiment. That's a fair point. All right, number six is Midnight Run. Oh, that's a punt. Yeah, I don't love it as much as you do. I know six. I, yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. All right, what's your number five? Well, before we get to my five, oh yeah, why don't we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsor? That sounds good. And welcome back from uh, our sponsor. <laughs> we thank you for sitting through that. Yeah, uh, and uh, appreciate it. So we're what moving on to my number five. Yes. All right, at five, I've got. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Ooh, that is a punt, my man. How can that be five? What is wrong with you? Uh, easy peasy. <laughs> it's number five. Okay. My number five is the Blues Brothers, which is probably not even on your list. Not on my list. You don't like that movie. Nope, it sucks. I love this movie, madly. Uh, and it's a journey. They're trying to get that money to get it to the, uh, you know, to the nun so they can uh, pay off the orphanage they used to be at and not have it be taken by the city of Chicago. So the whole movie is a journey once they leave the uh, the nun's place to try to get the band back together, try to find a place to do this concert and make that money, and you get all the things that go on on this journey with these two guys. Mm-hmm. And they're incredibly funny. I wish there had been a sequel that wasn't what we got, um, but unfortunately the passing of John Belushi made it impossible, obviously, to do anything close to that. Um, but I still go back to it, still think one of the best soundtracks ever, song-wise, uh, it's still one of the best, one of the funniest things I've ever seen, uh, and I enjoy all the cameos and what have you that are in the movie. All right, there we go. That's well, I got nothing to add to yeah, any clearly, of that. Clearly, clearly, I am glad you enjoy it. <laughs> What's your number four? And kudos to you. Thank four you. for me is uh, Django Unchained. Oh, nice! I wasn't sure whether to put that on. I went back and forth about it because like it's the it two doesn't of them. start as a journey thing, but they do come together and then go on the journey. Yeah, yeah. it's ultimately like about the two of them, and yeah. they're trying to. Also, you know, it goes Django heavy towards yeah. the very end. Yes, it does. But the movie really picks up and cemented what it is mm-hmm. once they join forces. Because mm-hmm. uh, then they go off, they go what to Candyland, and then from Candyland they go over to uh, DiCaprio's place. I can't remember what it's called. Right, right, right. I just remember Candyland because it's just so absurd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to me, it was the journey of them, and he is trying to get his wife back and liberate her from her situation. Yeah. Stellar performances across the board. I need to watch that one again. I haven't watched it in a bit. Me too. The dialogue is great in that. It movie, is. Right? It, it's Tarantino doing some of his best. Yeah, yeah. And the the choices, like Sam Jackson. Oh my God. Dear God, unapologetic, yeah. brutal. Man. It has to be in that role. Yep. If he's going to do that, you have. I mean. And his commitment to it right. is utterly fantastic. And all the little things that come up later, like when there's blood on DiCaprio's head because he's doing the uh, 
uh, he's got that skull. Yeah, yeah. He cracks the skull. That's real blood. Yep. So when he goes to touch, I can't remember the actress's face mm-hmm. and whatnot. That's him actually. People are freaking out in the scene because this was not supposed to be part of it. Right, but he's right. so in the zone of his character yeah. that it just continues throughout and it fully cements, you know, the entire tone of that. Yeah. Uh, over and over and over again. There's, you know, they actually get some good comedy when they. Can anybody see in these hoods? Oh my god, the Ku Klux Klan thing is hilarious. Oh. I know some people were like, I, it didn't need to be in the movie. Uh, yeah, uh, sure, sure. But look, this is, and I also think this was his, like, because people have given him crap, you know, and 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 you could say rightfully so. Certainly, Spike Lee and a bunch of other people, um, his use, his liberal use of the N word by characters in his movies, mm-hmm. uh, his, you know, his portrayal of black characters in his movies at times. But like Sam Jackson has always been his like legitimate card to play every time because Sam is always playing a badass in all these movies that he does. Jackie Brown, he is fucking chilling in Jackie Brown. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction, he rules the roost in that whole thing. Um, and then, of course, here in this movie as well, he is he is brutal. You know, and you, you when you read the history of slavery, you hear about the house Negro and the field Negro, what the difference was, right? And mm-hmm. clearly, Samuel Jackson is a house Negro. He defends the white man, defends his owner, and he looks down on those that are field Negroes, like what he saw with Kerry Washington and Jamie Foxx, just to live, True. just to survive. And I, well, I think it's he also snipes at them because he doesn't want to lose his position. Exactly. So I think it's more motivated Survival. than that. It is. It's if I have to be stuck in this situation, this is an ideal version of it, and I'm going to fight for it. Yeah, but at the end, when he knows Candy Land, Candy is is done, he still walks in and wants revenge on Django for what's happened. Uh, but it's all he's ever known. Yeah, true. That's a fair point. Yeah, to take it away from him. Yeah, it's like, where is he going to go? It's like Brooks leaving at the end of Shawshank. Yeah. I have been institutionalized. Right. I am conditioned to existing in this rigid world, and right. I don't understand freedom. Also. Oh, not even freedom if you also, because where do I go? Yeah. Right? What do, how do I eat? Do I become a slave again? Like yeah. In the, in the fields It's again? a million questions you right. don't have answers to, and they're right. all scary. Right. As evidenced by like 12 years a slave, when he goes from Benedict Cumberbatch, who by all, you know, considerations of what was going on at the time, yeah. that's not a bad slave owner. Right. In the context of slave owners. Right, right. Of course, slave owners are all bad. Yes. Of course. They're all the inherently yeah, shitty right. human beings. Right, right, right. And he is, seems to be one of the less shittier versions. Yeah. And he goes over to Fastbenders, and he's like, worst case scenario. Yeah. Right here, this sucks, and I assume this is more, you know, this is closer to reality. Yeah. Uh, By the way, are you watching that Washington... Uh, Series on the History Channel? No. They just started it in on February 16th. Nicholas Rowe, who played young Sherlock Holmes in that film okay. from the 80s, he's playing uh, Washington in dramatizations, and Jeff Daniels narrates the documentary. Okay. And it's all just like going through the life of George Washington from being a British subject to you know owning slaves and then becoming the uh, first president of the United States. And, of course, all the battles in Valley Forge and all that. It is actually Damn good, dude. What's like, uh, do you watch the Ottoman Empire one on Netflix? No, I haven't yet. Is that... A, yeah, is it's that g- the same thing. Okay. I mean, they cut to experts in the field every once again to oh, help really? fill out the context. Then it goes back to the dramatization. Okay. And you see the interaction. And, right. you know, it's basically... A and A had to lead to B, so here is us filling in the gap through maybe it happened like this. Right, right. But here's what we know. We can hit these certain benchmarks on the outline. Did you like it? Do you think it's good? Yeah, it's good. There's a, a Rome one. Okay. That's good. Okay. Uh, the, you've got the triumvirate, and it follows basically the rise of Caesar. Wow. 
Uh, that one's a few years old, but that's good. What What are they called? Are they just called the the Rise or whatever or uh, Ottomans? Um, Ottoman Empire. If you just look that up on Netflix, that's a new one. I know. Yeah, I saw that, that one's one. brand new. They okay. put out a hell of an advertising budget for that one. Yeah, yeah. You can tell just from the, the trailer. Roman one. Oh, God, I've watched so many variations. Oh, okay. That they all get. But I'll just look up. Yeah, because I mean. I wanted to start watching more of that uh, the documentary stuff on Netflix. There's, there's a treasure trove of documentaries on Netflix you can enjoy and watch. I just saw that um, the yoga one. Uh, what the hell was that? Oh, uh, with the weird dude. Yeah, uh, the Kundalini, what, whatever his name is. Um, it was fantastic. Okay, yeah. So just look up Roman Empire. Okay, but they have a season for Caesar, Caligula, and then Commodus. Wow. Okay. Done uh, and done. And they're all. You know, interesting in their own right if you like that type of stuff. I need something to watch on the plane, so why not? That sounds like a damn good thing to watch. Um, all right. Uh, what was that? It was your number four? That was my four. All right. So my number four is uh, Badlands. Uh, okay. The Terrence Malick film, because they're on a journey, but they just don't know where they're going. Okay. And they're randomly running into people and killing people and doing whatever. And, of course, it's based on true story about these, two pe- these uh, young couple that did this. Uh, Sissy Spacek and Martin Sheen, Terrence Malick, the director. Um, and you get these great like l- scenes between them as this gets crazier and crazier. Martin Sheen is never, uh, to me, is never better than he was in this movie. Just so relaxed in his s- psychop- psychopathy, I guess, is that, was the term you would use. Well, <coughs> psychopathy? Psychopathy, sure. Psychopathy. Canadians, <laughs> Canadians, Canadians. Uh, psychopath. Like he's just so casual about it and so relaxed about it that it's even more chilling than someone who's overt about it, right? Because okay. it's just so natural to him to trick people, to kill people, to just walk them into the house and kill them and stuff. It's just so natural. And Sissy, of course, like wants a taste of it, but then once she realizes what the actual consequences are, mm-hmm. she realizes she's not like this person. And so the end of the journey is like what happens to him and what happens to her. So if you've never seen Badlands, it's one of the best films from the early 70s and certainly the one that announced Terrence Malick as a director. And both of them, a young Spacek and a young yeah. Martin Sheen, is great to watch, man. I just don't... I've never... I don't want to say don't like Malick. Oh, okay. But the meandering... Right, of the recent stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it's turned me off too, so when somebody's like, oh, it's a, you know, Terrence Malick, and like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas the meandering of Paul Thomas Anderson, I have zero problem with. Right, right, right. So it's just a potato-potato, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but what I've seen of his, three, four films, yeah. every one I walk out of going, like, I don't, I don't care about any of the people. Yeah, yeah. The story wasn't interesting enough, it's not like the... The master to me, like, oh, Scientology. Right. This is super interesting. Yeah, the master's great. Um, yeah, but it's meandering. It's just point A to point B. <laughs> you happen to catch yeah. a certain snippet of this person's life, a la, you know, Thin Red Line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's just kind of a snippet of the war. It's not any really, truly pivotal moment. Yeah, it's not a real statement on the war. No. It just is it's what about it the is. day-to-day and the people going through the philosophical reasons as to why they're there and continuing right. forward, which totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Not your jam. Not really. All right. What's your number three then? Three is probably not on your list, which okay. is Dumb and Dumber. It is actually my number three. Is it really? It is. It made the list. Uh, we've been talking about it so much that I went back and revisited it again a couple of times. And I was so like, good. You know what? Yeah, I can't deny it. It's, it's so Harry, your hands are freezing. <laughs> he pulls off his second pair of gloves <laughs> like an asshole. Now, just go, man. Oh, it's so warm. It's in, endlessly uh, good to me. <laughs> and. Yeah. I know some people that have 
you know, we entered the show, introduced them to him, went back, and they're like, yeah, just not my cup of tea. Right, right. Like, wow, really? I think just the the fact that they fully embrace the stupidity and yeah. at no moment do the characters strive to anything beyond that. Yeah. They stay true to it from point A, you know, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Uh, There's it no just works. No, yeah. it, it, there is no moment of redemption. Nope. They don't go on this journey and learn something. They don't learn a lesson. No, uh, they're idiots. Yeah. And they're just, they're idiots the entire time. <laughs> I got worms. Excuse me? That's what we're going to name it. <laughs> Do you want to hear the most annoying noise in the world? All yeah. of that. The stuff in the diner is funny. I mean, dude. Mock. See. Bird. <laughs> see. Yeah. See. His crumpling behind the uh, stall door when mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to get raped in yeah. the bathroom is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. When he just starts saying a happy place, a happy place, preparing himself for the rape, I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, the, <laughs> we've landed on the moon. We landed on the moon. Which, if I'm not mistaken, was an ad lib. Oh, but course. it's perfect. That character would be so oblivious yeah, and stupid. Oh, my God. Did you hear? <laughs> just running around uh, over and over. And, and kudos to Jeff Daniels for creating a unique and equally stupid character in yep. his own right. He's yep. just not parroting Jim Carrey, right. which would be the easiest thing to do in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He creates something that's distinct, uh, and it just allows Carrey go full bore, man. Whatever you can come up with, it fits in the context of this. When they're getting tailored, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Angle grinder on their toenails. <laughs> <laughs> the fake blood. He's getting a shave. He like sits up and just dies laughing. The barber passes out. <laughs> I know the barber's like, oh, my God. Um, and by the way, Carrie is really good in the Sonic movie. The movie itself, is it's a sweet, you know, it's a kid's film. But uh, Carrie's actually damn good in that movie. And you're just like, oh, man, can we get more of this again? Maybe we so can. good at this. Yeah, but Sonic was a big enough hit. It was. He'll be back. So... Yeah. They'll make a two out of that, but maybe it springboards him into more of this. If he chooses to, yeah, I want it seems to do as though it. he'd rather be painting and <sighs> doing that Mr. Rogers TV show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, kidding? I tried. Yeah, I know, dude. I did, too. I tried. Yeah, and I and I love Eternal Sunshine, because obviously it's the two guys have gone Yeah, but him. I mean... But this is... That show is just gun in your mouth the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is so bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, people's lives suck, but... Why do we have to wallow in the suck every well, fucking minute? Of right. This? And, you know, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm is different in that way, right? Curb is like, yeah, this guy makes his life sucky. Yeah. This is these guys. This is all being put upon them. And they're like, I got enough to deal with in my real life. I know. Like, I don't want to, like, connect to these people and go through this bullshit. Yeah, this I get no catharsis me. from this. Yeah, yeah. This isn't therapeutic at all. This right. is just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, Catherine's watching Good Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... I was watching the the Laker game, Laker Pels, the other night. Good game. Was, it was a damn good game. Yeah, and it's just crazy when you watch it and you're like, "Look, I know by the numbers, the on off with LeBron is staggering, but when you see it, where they go up by 14, he takes a seat. Suddenly, the Pels are up four, and yeah. you're like, "This has happened three times in this game, guys. You really? Your second unit can't f- figure it out at all. That's why I think it's all an illusion until the playoffs. It's an illusion. Well, yeah, how they, good they are. Well, he'll be playing 38." A game, so will Davis. Yeah, I hope Caruso's out there and crunch for them. Look at the miles on this guy, man. It's like... I know. He's still playing 34 point, like nine minutes a game. He scored 40 fucking points in that game just to save their asses in that game. He is leading the league in assists. That is mind-blowing to me, Matt. Mind-blowing. 
LeBron in his, what, 18th year, 17th year, leading the league in assists. And their third option is Kuzma getting 12 and a half points a game. Yeah, and they That's tried to trade good. that motherfucker. I would, too. Yeah, yeah, true. If they could have gotten Bogdanovich from Sacramento, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But Sacramento wisely said, "That's not fair. We need more, and you don't have any more. So yeah, yeah. we're not going to do this deal. That's where they fucked themselves. Yeah, they did. Uh, they but they're still yeah. number one in the West. They are. Just they don't have the depth, it looks like. Yeah. I think they get out of the first round. I think if they get to the conference finals, they're going to get exposed on the depth the situation. Who knows? I just feel like. And Toronto. <laughs> Wouldn't that shock the world? Wouldn't that shock the world? I don't. I'm, Those crazy MFers go and make it to the finals. Good God. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not a believer. Yeah. So give me a bucket late in game. And let Lowry? me see that. Yeah. Let me see that consistently from one to two of you. Yeah. Where game is on the line. Yeah. Do what Kawhi did, because you need that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Siakam can do that just yet. Maybe, And I, I hope I'm wrong, and I'm eating that crow, and they're back-to-back champs. Good for you. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, it's re- it's a great story. It is. It w- and it would put to bed what everybody uh-huh. said, that only because Kawhi was there. Exactly. Were. Yeah. And if they beat the Clippers in the finals, that'd be even more shocking. Hell of a storyline. Yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. And Kyle could finally be able to rest in peace. Like, nobody could give shit Kyle, to Kyle about anything ever again. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. All right, anyway, that's a nice little... St- that was our threes. Yes. So my two is a punt from you earlier, Midnight Run. Okay. Uh, just a fantastic movie. I know, you love this movie. The two of them, De Niro and Groden. Groden at his absolute best. Yes. Um, where uh, I could understand why he had, uh, yeah, freaking out on the plane. Uh, and it was all just a lie. Later on when he gets in the biplane. What the fuck? You can fly? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I brought it up here, but I mean, I yeah. did it on the cinephiles with you guys, but my favorite scene of when they're trying to scam money, there's a counterfeiter in the area. <laughs> what do what he look like? Is a guy this Sounds like our guy. When all the description, 6'5", <laughs> blonde. No, he was about 5'10", uh, brunette. Sounds like our guy. <laughs> did you do the Roshanaki test? And then De Niro's like, oh, and he starts to ad-lib with him. It's great. Because you can see him yeah. improving a guy that has to be slightly befuddled and yeah. then figure out, like, oh, I need to play along here. Uh, just <laughs> in a small, tiny little scene, two excellent actors pulling this, the absurdity of this off. So true. Uh, yeah, Joe Pantoliano uh, is great. Yeah. And you got, uh, I don't know who the two other mobsters that are chasing them down. And then there's the one guy that's in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, John, I think. Uh, Taggart? Taggart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you got Dennis Farina up in this thing. Yeah, Dennis Farina is the overall big yeah. boss. Yeah, Fit Cotto. Yeah, so, the FBI agent. Yeah, what a great FBI choice. <laughs> that dude is intimidating, man. When oh, he, he is. On screen. He was always intimidating. Yeah, Fit Cotto's, he was good, man. He no was joke. always good. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Great name, too. Yeah, right? Just, yeah. It sticks with you as soon as you hear it. Yeah, Fit Cotto. Like, oh, that's good. That's powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, De Niro is so funny. And this is like... De Niro didn't do a lot of comedy. So this is one of those, like, rare things where he did a comedy I mean, before he started doing, like, all those... Meet the Parents, parents movies, Meet the right, Fockers, right. all that and, shit. And that was, like, decades later after this film. Yeah. So to see him... Solid at least 15 years. Yeah, exactly. So to see him, like, really jump into the comedy of this and the heart of this. You mentioned this, uh, I think, when last time we talked about it. I mean, that relationship with his daughter that permeates through the whole movie with the conversation with Charles Grodin. Like, I think that's another element of the film that makes it so good is you've got that mm-hmm. relationship to also uh, uh, kind of think about. It looks like Grodin has with his family, you know? So, yeah. Well, they have 
such good chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. By the end, you can understand the kinship that they've created. Right. And it seems genuine. Yeah. And that's what makes me like the movie yeah. of ultimately, like, I like the two of them. I like the two of them together. I'm kind of surprised they didn't find something else a few years later. Yeah, to do yeah, together. yeah. Because they had... It just looked like they had fun making it, mm -hmm. and they ended up with an excellent movie. Right. Why not run it back at some point, you know? Yeah. Why not run it back? That's a good point. Uh, so. All right, my number two is uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a pun okay. from earlier. Yeah. And then the other one, wow, it was a big pun. Yeah, yeah, massive. Um, this one, I mean, we covered it so many times, bro. We both love this movie. It is such a... Uh, once again, like I spoke about just a few seconds ago, the emotion that goes on here is really palpable yeah the jokes are funny yeah all this kind of stuff is the unusual situations they find themselves in but it's more like the revelation that john candy has those random monologues that he has about his life and about his wife who we don't find out until later what's happened to her and all this that goes on between them is what decorates the movie so it makes me love the movie and come back to it over and over again because I mean, uh, humor is fun. Like, Dumb and Dumber mm -hmm. is great, but that's why it's lower on my list because there's not really a lot of heart in Dumb and Dumber. Okay. But in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, there is. And it, to me, just carries the whole movie along for me. It makes me love it more, and I think it's Candy's best performance. Um, and Martin You would be hard-pressed right? to find a better Candy. Yeah. Because it's a limited body of work before, you know, he passed away. It is. It is. And a lot of it is, you know, like Harry Crumb. You got to like John Candy. <laughs> Those and I do. I love John Candy. I watched Living Shit out of there. But Armed yeah. and Dangerous, I think, is great. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I watched it as a kid, and I, was, I liked him and Eugene Levy. Yeah. So I was on board. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is great. But it's a bad it's a bad movie. Right, like Delirious. Delirious is a bad movie it is. as well. <laughs> Delirious is a bad movie, but yeah. because John Candy's in it. Now, some people might counter with Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck's good. Um, there was another one he did where he's like the um, mortician in town, and he's courting Ali Sheedy. Oh, yeah, I kind right? of vaguely remember that I, one. I can't remember the name of that one. Okay. It's something to do with his... I know his mother's like this like strong... Overbearing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but... Kind of lives with her, doesn't he? Yeah, and so eventually... Because, like, you know, who's going to be with this guy, is right? Is it only the lonely? Boom! Nice! There you go. This is why Nose was in the spot out, ladies and gentlemen. And hence the past participle on that was... <laughs> you would have gotten the 15 seconds, though, if we had asked for extra time. True, but then I turned to my manager... <laughs> who apparently is a drooling cantaloupe or whatever I'm stuck with. And I get a fucking song and dance from Christian and be like, no, nah, we pulled managers at random. Like, okay, the hell you did. The hell you did. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm out of the schmodown. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're going to make a comeback someday. Everyone thinks that maybe one day. They can think back, that. Walk back on the stage. You're right, man. Only the Lonely, 1991. Maureen O'Hara was the mom, yeah. Famous actress mm -hmm. from the 40s and 50s and what have you. Chris Columbus directed that one. How oh, really? Yeah, how funny. That's an interesting one for, for his canon. Yeah, Anthony Quinn's in that, right, because he's courting uh, her. Oh, yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Jim Belushi. I don't remember Jim Belushi in this one. Nope. Macaulay Culkin's in this. It's been a long time since I've wow. seen Wow. Interesting. All right, respect. Respect, yeah. Only the lonely. There you go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's so good in this and so sweet. And, but Martin, too. Martin is a great stuck-up prick. Great stuck-up prick. Um, and, of course, by the end, when you have that great scene on the train where he realizes what's going on and comes back to the station, it's just so worth it. The mm -hmm. entire journey and all the ludicrousness and the ridiculousness, it's so worth it um, for that. Um, all right, so what's your number one? Uh, number one uh, is The Last Crusade. Oh! Because it's Indian as dead. Oh! 
Yeah. By the time they join up, it's basically just about the two of them for what? What would you say? Two-thirds to three-quarters of that movie? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. And they're on a journey. They need to stop the Nazis from getting the holy grail of all things. I'm not going to fight you on the crusade. Yeah. Once I thought of it, I was like, there are the extra characters that pop in, but it's really about the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Certainly a father-son journey, that's for sure. Damn. Okay. All right. I I can't counter that. And uh, it's one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. If I can find a way to get it on a list, I get it on a list. Mm -hmm. Although last week with scores, I chose Raiders because that that's the introduction, right. and I usually favor that. Right, it's like you were iconic from the jump, right, and made me love. That's the reason I went to see the third one or mm-hmm. whatever the case is in that series. Yeah. Uh, we just finished doing it on the Cinephiles. We did Crusade, really? Yeah, it's so much so fun good. that film. So good, it's amazing, man. I hope the fifth one gets back to so it's what Mangold on board now. Yeah, uh, that's the rumor. Yeah, that's. Right. The, I'm happy with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm happy with what he did with Logan. So I want to see and Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. So I want to see what he can do with this. Ford versus Ferrari was great. Yeah. It never had a shot of winning. No, no, no. But it was great. Yeah. So if he can bring some kind of like I don't know, for lack of a better term, a little more youthful energy, that'd be great. It still would feel and like just and not lose the power of these characters. It'd be great. Yeah, and uh, you know, basically make a movie for us and for if you want to get kids into the series right. as well, right. be able to pull that kind of duality. But I would exactly. hope. That you would go more towards the Logan, not gritty, darker, but something right. more for adults. Yeah. So we're more with indie as opposed to swinging on vines and fighting monkeys <laughs> yeah, and the monkeys. shit. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that you put in there that like little kids can like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I totally get. Indie has that technically exists within the realm of possibility it in does. this world. It does. But it seems. T- I mean, there was just one after another. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah, yeah. So maybe winnow down the absurd moments. Not a bad idea. I don't know. <laughs> But I'm more than happy to go back and watch the first three. Yeah. Crystal Skull, I will still watch. I've watched a couple times since <laughs> the theater. Really? Okay. Yeah, because there are moments that I do like mm-hmm. within it. Still indie. Yeah, it's yeah. still indie. I still get to spend time with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some point, points where it's just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see these characters come back together. Like, the refrigerator? Yeah. Yeah, there's rumors that Marion will come back now again. But who knows what's going to happen with Shia. I mean, Shia's kind of redeemed himself with Peanut Butter Falcon and with uh, Honey Boy, so maybe they've changed their mind on it. Who knows? But uh, I, I imagine Mangold's going to take a look at that script and take a pass and, like, you know, make some changes and what have you. And even Harrison Ford in that uh, recent interview, he said, like, we're a couple of months away from shooting. And then a week later, he's like, well, we've got some script issues and scheduling issues to figure out. So clearly he knew Spielberg was leaving uh, the situation. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. He's not getting any younger, man. You can't, you can't push this thing again, for God's sakes. Just start shooting. No, if you're going to do another one, it really needs to be now. Yeah. And he needs to have somebody along with him. Right. Uh, a la Last Crusade. Yeah, you have to but, figure out what that is. Yeah, he can't, he can't carry the load on his own anymore, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, he's Dark Knight. Right. Get yourself a Robin that you're grooming to take over for you okay. type of... But you wouldn't do that as an archaeologist. Right. So that's why it makes sense for a LaBeouf-like character, a family member, yeah. that somehow gets dragged into this. But uh, he was the wrong casting. And he's an excellent actor. He is. As proven out by his output over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Dude can act. But it just didn't feel like the right marriage. Seeing him on that le- in that leather jacket. With yeah, the- and was- slicking his hair back and the grease. And like, I'm just not buying the yeah. machismo, man. Not this the- isn't you. You're cosplaying as this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, all right, so then that's your number one. My number one is uh, Rain Man, which is the punt from earlier, because obviously they're on this journey uh, to California and all because Raymond won't uh, get on the plane. Uh, so him and Tom Cruise, uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise, have to kind of like 
come together as brothers on this journey mm-hmm. uh, at the end so that you have the really touching moment between them at the end. But of course, if you've ever seen Rain, if you've never seen Rain Man, Dustin Hoffman is an autistic uh, person who's been in being taken care of in a home for the last 20 years, I think. Uh, the father passes away. Uh, Tom Cruise is this kind of like self-involved guy who is Raymond's brother. Uh, but Raymond was taken away from him with such a young age that he, he only has flashes of memory about him. So there wasn't a strong bond between them that he remembers initially. And then as the journey goes along, uh, they, he starts to get a stronger memory about his relationship with Raymond. And then Raymond himself remembers uh, uh, Tom Cruise's character as well. So I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Barry, Barry Levinson did a fantastic job. Then we still holds up, still funny. Some of the scenes are still great, um, and the pace of the film still works for me overall. Yeah, when they at the end, because Tom Cruise is only in it for the money initially, mm-hmm. so his mm-hmm. motivation is impure. Mm-hmm. And by the end, his growth yeah. and understanding of why his father did what he did, and his need to protect Raymond as yeah. well. This yeah. is my brother that was shielded from me. And you yeah. can genuinely see that growth. Like kind of cemented the fact that Tom Cruise can genuinely act. He's yeah. not just a action star type guy. Right. And this character isn't the most likable character. No. And, you know, I know he got shit early on in his career for doing the same type of character, the cocky kid who has to learn his lesson. But in this film, you're right, Matt. In this film is where we see him, like, turn that corner from playing that archetypal character into playing that character and giving it depth and complexity and mm-hmm. real emotion, you know, when they have those connections. So, yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, all right. Well, there's our top 10 uh, duos on a journey movie separate lists. And let's combine this list into one uh, official top 10 list. Correct. Uh, right now. So uh, what do we got? Uh, what's your number one again? Oh, Last Crusade, which all is by it's itself. Okay. Rayman, I've got it seven. Okay. Planes, Trains, I have it two. And I've got that at five. Okay. And Dumb and Dumber, I have it three. I feel like. Dumb and Dumber might take it. Yeah, I think it will. So I would say Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. probably Plain Strains. Okay. Rain Man. Where'd you have Midnight Run? Uh, six. Six. So, yeah. Uh, I, think we then, put, I think we can put Crusade in there somewhere. All right, let me. Don't you think? Like maybe a three? I'm okay with it going at three. I'm not going to fight you on that. All right, so that was planes, trains. All right, last crusade at three. Yeah, I'm gonna punch him. Then rain, what? Rain Man. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then what? Midnight Run. I would say Midnight Run. Then probably Tommy Boy. Yeah. Well, where's Thelma and Louise? That's lower than Tommy Boy. Well, okay, yeah, where'd you have Tommy Boy? I had it at eight. But six eight versus seven nine. So six eight would win. Yeah, that. six eight wins, yeah. Okay. Uh I've got my four. Okay. At Django. Uh yeah, I've got my four two Badlands. Um I've never seen Badlands, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to do Django, that's fine. All right, Badlands. Where are we at now? Our last one. What's your le- last highest left? Uh, Blues Brothers at five. Blues Brothers it is. Oh! Well, well, well. Boo! Made that list. Boo! Do you see the light? 
Uh, all right, let's do it. The top ten duels on a journey movies, yeah. At number ten, The Blues Brothers. At number nine, Badlands. At number eight, Django Unchained. At number seven, Thelma and Louise. At number six, Tommy Boy. At number five, Midnight Run. At number four, Rain Man. At number three, Last Crusade. At number two, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And our number one uh, duo on a journey movie is... Shockingly Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) Dumb and Dumber somehow slid in there and got the number one slot. My God. Kudos to them. Um, Yeah, you know what? uh, Before we get out of here, our thanks to everybody that helps us put this show together. Um, You know, it means the world to us. And we can't thank you enough to Chris Alexakos, Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Abara, Mike Shea, uh, Matthew Hasso and Kristen Smith. Yeah. All five of you help uh, make this a reality for everybody that listens week in, week out. We can't thank you enough. Yeah. So uh, there's that. And then please, London, if you want to come or anybody else in the EU, please head on out. Uh, May 2nd, go to kingsplace.co.uk. You can pick up your seats there. Mm-hmm. It's 30 pounds for two and a half hours of entertainment. Yeah. That's a good deal. It's a damn good deal. It's cheap, actually, especially by London prices. Sure. Uh, So come on out. Hit us up there. Uh, You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. And uh, check out my other podcast, Embrace the Hate. Just search for that anywhere you get podcasts, and you can find it. There you go. And don't forget to be part of our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash the top 10, number 10 there. Go and see all the multiple tiers we have. Keep the show show going. Support the show. I know we're not on camera currently right now. We're, We're figuring that out as we go along, but we're still giving it to you every week on the audios, on the podcast feed. So come and give us some love, uh, and maybe we can get ourselves uh, to the point with on the Patreon that we can start renting out a studio every week for us to do it and having a person be our uh, technician uh, for, uh, the, uh, for the run of the show. So all of that, we're trying to kind of build the Patreon to that level. So if you were hesitating about donating and not sure, please donate at that point, and then, you know, that way we've got that extra income to slide into, pay somebody to do that for us, and pay to rent the studio out so we can back you can see our pretty faces back on camera but if like matt said if you want to see us live see our pretty faces live come mm-hmm. to um, uh, london may 2nd from anywhere in the world kingsplace.uk.co uh, sorry kingsplace.co.uk go and take a look at there may 2nd go get tickets and uh, follow me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and if you would i'd love it if you could subscribe to my youtube at www.youtube.com slash john roca says all right thank you everyone that's it for this episode of the top 10 show Peace. Ooh.